Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who is eager to forgive and who loves us beyond our days. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, gracious Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit renews the church in every age. Pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in times of trial. Defend them against all enemies of the gospel. And bestow on the church your saving peace through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. Today, we're going to talk about forgiveness. Victoria, what do you have? Is this your tablet? It's kind of like an Etch-a-Sketch. Everybody here can see. Sister's going to be mad. It's kind of like an Etch-a-Sketch. It's a pad that you can write on, and you press a button, and it's all clear again, right? So, when we talk about God's forgiveness, it's like the writing on the board are the sins that we need to be forgiven of, and guess what God does? He presses the button and forgives us of our sins, and we get a fresh clean new page to start on, right? Mm-hmm. Now, is it easy to forgive your friends, maybe if they've done something to wrong you? Like when your friend scratched your face, was it easy to forgive them? No, it wasn't. It was kind of hard, right? Forgiveness isn't always easy. But God helps us not just to erase the mistakes of others, but to get a new page, draw something new. That's right. It is hard to forgive. But when we have a blank page and we get to restart, and God is with us when we do that, right? Yes. Let's, let's pray. Can we pray real quick? Yeah? No? while mommy's gonna pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your forgiveness. Please walk with us as we try to forgive those who may have wronged us. Help us on that new page and help others see our new pages. Amen. You can keep drawing. Thank you. It will take a minute. Stand and welcome the gospel with me.
Jesus speaks of truth and freedom as spiritual realities known through his word. He reveals the truth that sets people free from sin. The Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. I got an additional sermon illustration this morning when we were doing the psalm. Because I was reading the psalm off of here and not necessarily following the psalm as it was printed in our bulletin. And I don't know how many of you noticed, huh? It was, yeah, different versification, different translation. Because the psalms were originally written in Hebrew, right? And then translated, translated a lot of different ways did they make it to English. But translated to English, and even English translations, there are multiple English translations. And the one that we most commonly use in the ELCA has been updated. So the ELCA has, has most commonly used, it's not, it, it's not exclusive, but most frequently we use the new revised standard version. But now it's the new revised standard version, I think it's UE for updated edition. Something like that. Um, so there's, there's even an updated edition of the updated one. And when Psalms are printed in the worship book, sometimes the versification is adjusted because they're songs. They're songs and they're meant to be, to, to be, even if they're not sung to music, there's this rhythm that goes with them. And when you translate something that doesn't, doesn't always work fluidly, so different choices are made about where to break the verses. Also, depending on which translation a particular church is working from. It used to confuse me all the time when I was doing both an ELCA church and an Episcopal church because the psalm had different versification. But, but, it's all the word of God. And we have to get used to those modifications because the whole energy driving the Reformation, and, and while we, we really hold up Martin Luther as, as this person who started the Reformation, it's important to know that there were, there, there were a number of people, theologians, who were taking on some of the same challenges. Martin Luther was one of the first who didn't get burned at the stake for it. But, but he wasn't the first. Because part of the Enlightenment thinking was saying, well, wait a minute, we, we're given these texts, and it sure seems like the gospel 
is not being packaged in a way that it's any more sounding like gospel. And we believe that people should be educated. And we believe that the priest should be educated. And we believe that people should be able to read the word of God. Not just listen to it in a language that they don't even use. So Martin Luther was part of this movement. And there were, there were I, it's called the 95 Theses, you know, that he tacked up. Yeah, it's like 12 things repeated over and over because that was the style at the time. So there weren't that many uh, different issues that, that uh, Luther had articulated with the Roman Catholic Church at the time, but he was building an argument about why certain practices were inconsistent with the gospel and why certain practices were causing the church to get in the way of the gospel. Because we hear in both the Jeremiah that says, do the works that the Lord gives you. Serve the poor. Well, if the poor can't even understand what's being said, and if the church is more invested in sustaining the church than it is in serving the poor, not only are we not living out the gospel, but we're getting it in the way of it. And the way that it was happening at the time was the sale of indulgences, which is, if you give me so much money, I'll get your uncle out of purgatory. Or I'll get some time off of purgatory for your uncle or your spouse or your child or whomever. Selling of indulgences, the selling of forgiveness. Now, that's how St. Peter's Basilica got built. Um, and a number of other beautiful cathedrals at the time. And, and so it, it, in the minds of people who, um, for whom that had integrity, they, they were building this glorifying edifice to God. But the way Luther was experiencing in it is saying, but it's being built on the backs of people who can't afford food. And it's being built on the conscience of these people who don't know how much God loves them because God says they're worth loving. And it's being built to celebrate the church instead of being built to celebrate God. Throughout Christian history, we have wanted to build edifices to God, art to God, music that praises God. And all of these are ways that we are invited, in fact, to praise God. But we have to be aware of our tendency to get stuck or get preoccupied with the medium and miss the goal. I will tell you that as I was preparing for the sermon this week, I asked my Alexa to play A Mighty Fortress. I thought that'll get me in the mood. And um, any of you who use, any of you use Alexas? Okay, Alexa, Siri, something like that. So here's the thing. Um, one has more or less success in getting what you want, depending on how clearly you speak, how well 
known a particular item is and what mood the technology is in. And it is not unusual to get into an argument. Well, it's not unusual for me to get into an argument with my Alexa and to get progressively more frustrated. And the thing is, she doesn't notice when I'm getting cranky and say, no, that's not it. So I asked for a mighty fortress and um, I, got, I got an arrangement of it that just was not my taste at all. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't part of, of my worship style. It wasn't part of, of my, um, it, it, it just wasn't, wasn't part of me. And it wasn't part of the way I, I, I feel about that hint. So it's like, Ugh. yep. Oh. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Um, so I don't know which version she started playing. But anyway, she started playing a version that just didn't suit me. And so I, I said, no, not that one. And so I tried using it. And, and if you're arguing with your Alexa, you try using different words or putting emphasis in different place. So I said, I think I said, uh, a choir singing. Uh, a mighty fortress. And somehow I got like a mighty choir and singing I don't even know what. And then I got another even simpier version of a mighty fortress. And finally I said, have a Lutheran choir singing a mighty fortress. And she said, I'm sorry, I can't find any Lutheran choir, or no, the, the Lutheran National Choir singing A Mighty Fortress. Let me play other music by the Lutheran National Choir. And guess what? The new Lutheran National Choir started singing. A Mighty Fortress. <laughs> but it was part of a, it was part of a, a compilation, so that wasn't what it was named in the, in the records. And it was, uh, it was funny. I started laughing because I was laughing at myself. Because I wanted a Lutheran choir, or no, no, I, oh, that's right. I said I wanted an organ version. Even before I got to the Lutheran choir, I wanted an organ version. And um, oh my goodness, I can't even remember what piece of music I got related to. It had nothing to do with a mighty fortress and nothing to do with organ music either. Um, I, I, I really, I don't remember where that one went. And sometimes you encounter new things that way. It wasn't a new thing that I wanted at the time. I wanted, you know, this cathedral, organ, Lutheran choir, a mighty fortress. That's what I wanted because that's what I felt was a worshipful way to sing a mighty fortress. Because that's what moves me. I mean, it really does move me to tears. Because it comes with a lot of history, not just my own, but the history of some of the saints in my life that have been so important to me. And that's what I wanted to hear. But when, you know, when I'm at home in my room arguing with Alexa, you know, probably not a big deal. It is common for every church, though, to get these formulas 
that become iconic for us and become powerful for us and stop reaching the majority of people. You know, when they started using the organ in church, that was like taboo. Oh my goodness, we've got to have young boys singing chants. What, what is this organ thing? Then when we started using guitars, some people still, oh my goodness, that's a folk instrument. Yes, and you know what? German was a folk language. English was a folk language. The reformers were translating the gospel and translating the witness into the language and the instrumentation and the needs and the forms of the folk, of the people, so that the people could receive it, so that the people could hear it. Unless the people speak Latin, there's only so much that they experience in a Latin translation. In the US, there are many places where there's you know, two Lutheran churches down the block from one another, and it's because one was speaking Finnish, and one was speaking Swedish, and the one that went to English, <gasps> oh my goodness. We know that we do this. I know that I do it. I want to hear a mighty fortress on an organ with a Lutheran choir, because the Lutherans sing it right. With the right. Well, you know what? It's, it's Psalm 46. It existed a lot longer before a mighty fortress and the music Luther, Luther wrote. 15, uh, no, no, let's see, it was, so it was like 1,000 years before. So at least 2,000 years before Luther wrote that, it existed in a different form that was the right form for the people. The reality is that we are not reaching the majority of people right now. The majority of Americans are not affiliated with a Christian denomination, any Christian denomination. The, the majority of Americans still sort of check Christian on a box but, but remain unaffiliated. The encounters that I have with people, we just did a memorial at Polaris House, and there were some people that I encountered on Monday who said, oh, can you remember my, and then this person or this person, because they didn't have an affiliation. And those, those of us who are here, it's like, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the arms of Jesus that comfort you, right, in your time in your time of grief. And then gives you work to do in your time of strength. And the majority of our neighbors don't have that connection. And, and I'm not saying they don't have a connection to the Lutheran church. Don't have connection to any church or religious organization, despite identifying as Christian. So there's something about the way we do what we do that isn't reaching people. Some of that is because we're getting in the way. 
we're getting in the way. And we have to, we have to figure out what that is. What, in what ways are we getting in the way? In what ways are we expecting people to listen to a slow organ rendition in a cathedral when that music doesn't speak to them, when the music that Alexa first played for me is more powerful for them? In what ways are our passion interfering with our passion? Because our reminder is we are justified by grace through faith apart from the works of the law. And we make faith a work. Right? Where it's like, okay, all you have to do is have faith. If you have faith, if you have such, you know what? When we start to make that be the box we have to check, that becomes a work. Grace is free. Grace is free. Grace is free. Grace is always free. Always. And in receiving that grace, we are given the faith to live like it's always free. So pay attention to yourself this week. What are some things that you do that may have become habit or may have become stagnant or about which you may have become apathetic? And are any of those getting in the way of this message that we know people need to hear. People want to hear it. People want to encounter it. And in the way that we are transformed, most of us want other people to encounter that. Just this way, pray for, pray for the wisdom, the humility, and the open-mindedness to identify if there's anything that we do as a church, congregation, but also as a church ELCA, that might be that kind of cathedral building piece that needs to be reformed. That's the ongoing reformation that all of us are invited into today. We believe in one God, the Father, Father the, Almighty, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In gratitude and humility, let us join together in prayer on behalf of all God's creation. God, our fortress, we pray for the church. Write our law of love on the hearts of your people that we remain steadfast in our witness to your grace. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God, our liberator, we pray for your earth. Bring new life to the overused land and contaminated rivers. Reform and reorient our relationship with the environment that we faithfully care for all your creation. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God, our refuge and strength, we pray for the nations. Where they are in uproar, bring wise leadership and comfort for those in distress. Make wars to cease and peace to enter every land. Comfort victims of violence in Somalia and provide the will to resume grain shipments from Russia and Ukraine to those already facing famine. Hear us, O oh God. God, our, our very present help in trouble, we pray for those in need. Show mercy to the refugees and all fleeing from danger. Shelter any without homes. Calm all who are facing illness, surgery, or a new diagnosis. Comfort mourners in South Korea and give courage to those who await news of loved ones. Hear us, O oh God. God, our Redeemer, we pray for our congregation. Bless our ongoing formation and reformation in your image. Open all hearts to your Holy Spirit. Teach us your word and give us courage to proclaim the faith. Hear us, O oh God. God, our stronghold, we give thanks for those who have gone before us in faith, especially Martin Luther and all reformers. Renew and reform us as we strive to continue in your word. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. With grateful hearts, we commend our spoken and silent prayers to you, O God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which is helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. God, 
In your great love, you richly provide for our needs. Make of these gifts a banquet of blessing and make us ready to share with all in need through Jesus Christ, who sets a table for all. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God, who gives life to all things and frees us from despair, bless you with truth and peace. And may the Holy Trinity, one God, guide you always in faith, hope, and love. Amen. Go in peace with Christ beside you. Thanks, Thanks be to God. It's been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.